Welcome to Teach Em Up, the podcast about teaching and learning. I'm Nick Williams. Today, we are talking with art teacher Eleni Katsaros. Eleni, what's good? A lot's good. A lot is good. Yeah. Anything specific recently? Just it's almost the holidays, first semester's coming to a close. It's a mm-hmm. great time to review and, and kind of regroup and get excited for second semester. Yeah. I am excited for second semester. Me I really too. like second semester. Me too. Yeah. It feels like first semester you're teaching a lot of base skills, mm-hmm. all of the key components, which are really important. And I think the students do a lot of learning in that first semester. But as a teacher, it's hard because mm-hmm. you're teaching them all of the basics. A lot of foundation work. A lot of foundational work. And then second semester, you can really use those foundation skills and start doing some really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, continue doing some really cool stuff. Yeah. We're already doing some good stuff. But, yes. Uh, so... Today, we are talking about um, integrating art into a variety of different academic subject areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you are a professional art teacher. Yes. High school art teacher here at San Marin High School. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've already talked about how you got into teaching. But why specifically art? So when I decided to choose art, I think that my biggest drive was to teach students how to think creatively. I think that it wasn't more about being artistic. It was more about being creative and giving them this tool set that they can use outside and in their future. And just learning how to think outside the box really drove me to become an art teacher. Yeah, and I think that's a really tricky one Mm -hmm. um, because I teach some engineering and teaching creative thought is really, really hard because you're trying to teach people how to come up with good ideas. Um, And I think the other piece is that we often misappropriate or like mistake creative with artistic. Correct. Like I am a really bad drawer. Mm-hmm. I cannot paint myself out of a cardboard box, mm-hmm. but I do think that I'm a reasonably creative person. I can come up with cool ideas. I can think about things in different ways. I can represent my ideas visually. Um, they just don't necessarily look like the thing. I'm not going to be a great still life artist. And you know, that's so funny you said that because the student yesterday was like, Miss Katz, what's your favorite art? Like, what do you do when you're not teaching? And I looked at her and I was like, I don't. I was like, I really loved interior design, which is what my bachelor's was in, because it had math and it had hard lines. And I was able to depict what was in my mind very um, mathematically, almost scientifically. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you ask me to paint a portrait of somebody, I don't think I do a very good job. Um, now, but you wh- do have a beautiful design sense. I do. I have a great design sense, and can I can I create art? Yes, my mind definitely works in that mindset. But when I create art, I'm really still solving a problem because I don't. I was never trained in the the fine arts. Mm-hmm. I was trained in a in a design field, and so. Um, yeah, it, it's a little bit of both, but you can create art the same way um, you can do a lot of things if you practice. Right. So if you were to choose to be an artist and you and you wanted to paint that still life, mm-hmm. if you painted a lot of still lifes and practice and just same kind of way it works with science, if you try and hypothesize, um, some you know eventually you could become an artist as well. So huh. yeah, art, creativity, that yeah, there's a difference, but 
kind of works together a lot too. So focused practice would actually improve my skill in something. Yes. What a crazy idea. I know, I know, right? The things I come up with. Next you're going to tell me I actually have to do my homework too. Yeah. (laughs) Oh dear. (laughs) Um, Okay. So... I think that's one of your real strengths as an art teacher is that you have like a real grounding in the real world. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think art for art's sake is beautiful. Yes. Right? That's a super valuable thing. And just the idea of creating art and appreciating art uh, makes for a more positive life. Mm -hmm. However, I also think that if we do things just because it's interesting, students often don't find the things interesting that we find interesting. So true. Um, I have like grown into really enjoying like Pablo Picasso or Alexander Calder's sculptural work, mm-hmm. um, but I don't necessarily think that every single person is going to appreciate them for the same reasons. Nope. Uh, so one of the things that I really like about your art teaching is that you ground a lot of your stuff in real world applications. I do. And I would guess that that comes a lot from your previous career in interior design and how you would kind of ground your work in the real practical piece of that. Mm-hmm. So. How do you teach art? Specifically, how do you teach art with your emphasis on principles of art, principles of design, and then grounding it in real-world application? I would say that I, I really do my best to take that realistic approach that you're talking about because I understand that these kids aren't all going to be interested mm-hmm. in what we're doing, and they're not all going to be naturally born with artistic talents and skill sets and so one of the reasons I love what I teach which is art and design and for those of you who don't know it's basically the intro to art class at a high school level most students take it as a requirement for their visual or performing arts and so I have a mix of kids from freshmen to seniors who have experience in art, who have no experience in art, who have interest in art, who have no interest in art. And so my goal is A, to have them touch as many mediums as possible, mediums as in painting, drawing, sculpture, wood, whatever we can come up with, poetry. Te- textile. Textile, absolutely. I saw earlier this year, you guys had them, you were doing some like weaving yes. type stuff with mm-hmm. different types of textile too. Exactly. So some kids were bringing in like grass and yes. using that as one of their options. <laughs> it's it's a different medium. It is a different and medium. Creates, creates a textile. So I thought it looked really cool. Yeah, it did actually. The kids who kind of, again, who went outside on the box on that made some really interesting designs with something as simple as weaving. Weaving the kids are like, why are we doing this? Well, weaving actually gives you a basic skill set of sewing, Mm -hmm. of connecting um, things together and creating a bond that is secure. Mm -hmm. And these are things that right now they're like, this is silly, but you never know if you're going to own a home or rip a shirt or what's going to happen. And you're going to remember that little movement, that little process of binding something together and that's we're gonna take. That's what your takeaway is. It's not making a beautiful weave. It, it's learning that skill set. So everything that we do in that class goes by the state standards. So we have to learn the elements of art. We have to learn the principles of design. But my goal is to implement the learning in a way that can relate to the real world. So right now we're actually doing a small business project uh-huh. in which each period. Um, creates a small business, they manufacture a project, market that project. We actually integrated some online marketing this year. It's, it was trial and error. That's cool. And then they sell it on campus. And so we we 
process um, our business plans. We look at trajectory. We hit quotas. And these are all things that, yeah, they sound silly to the kids now, but if you're in a business room or in a business meeting um, for a manufacturing company or or any company that markets, this is all going to be like slightly familiar to them now because they've done something similar to it. And we get to do it through art in an art class. So I think that's really awesome. Yeah, it seems super cool. And the kids seem really invested. Like you had a group making scrunchies. Yes. Um, and selling scrunchies on, on campus for all of our Visco girls. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you had a group doing like squeezies, what was squishies? The squishies. Squishies. Yes, that was a very trial and error style thing. <laughs> it, it, did lo- it, it looked a little bit trial and error. Uh, yes. They made a bunch of cool like, I don't know, it looks like dog toys, stress balls, but in different shapes made out of foam, painted in different ways. Yeah, The so the, the trial part was, again, this is a great project because I learn along the way too. I mm-hmm. have never done all of these projects. The kids choose. So that's a little bit of motivation for them there. Um, I learned that you can um, do some mixing of chemicals to make foam. And so I bought molds and bought the mix and I made some, but it didn't make enough. And it took a oh very... My God. Did they actually make that foam? Yes. Whoa. Half of it was made. Well, I made it, yeah. but they <laughs> they painted it. So half of it was made in mold, and it was way cooler. But unfortunately, time and supplies um, were not available halfway through. So then we moved to pieces of um, like bedding foam, Tempur-Pedic, yeah. Tempur-Pedic, yeah. And we yeah. cut up the Tempur-Pedic, and we talked about you know what shapes die are in cubes, uh-huh. uh, cheese, pizza. Uh-huh. watermelon slices or there triangles you, you know we, we talked about it but you know obviously the end result is is a teenage kids effort so right well <laughs> i thought it looked pretty cool thank you thank um, you yeah and some groups were making like different scented candles yes um, that was another interesting and one just kind of like a cool piece of showing what you can do and how you can take an artistic piece mm-hmm. and turn it into kind of a business component. Absolutely. And I think they're learning a lot about creative pieces mm-hmm. and principles of design, mm-hmm. um, but also learning about how do you take art and make it a real uh, business opportunity. Yes. Like what can you do with art Absolutely. in the real world? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's awesome. So since you teach so much about the principles of design, what are the principles of design? So I'll start with saying there's elements of art and principles of design. And elements of art are really exactly what it sounds like. It's color, value, texture, line, shape, form. So it's it's the elements, just kind of we have elements in science. Right. I think I'm good with all of those except for maybe value. Value is like a grayscale. So Ah. yes, yes, it's the, the... Exactly, yeah. Value is just the the academic term for it. Correct. And then so the principles of design are basically how you put those things together. There is eight of them. Uh, uh, Rhythm, pattern, balance, unity, contrast, proportion, and of course, yes, visual movement. That is it. So it's just how you use those elements and put them together and create the design for a composition. Nice. Mm-hmm. And that's another piece where I feel like that's really applicable across lots of areas of yes. life. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you're putting together your living room and trying to create a warm, inviting space, mm-hmm. you can use some of those. I mean, obviously, there's going to be color and choices and, like, well, how do we paint the walls? What color couch do I want to have? Mm-hmm. But you've also got stuff about, like, how do I want to invite people into this room? Right. How do I create a sense of unity? Mm-hmm. Um, 
what kind of visual movement, where do I want to draw people's eye mm-hmm. or not? Yeah, I mean, a room, interior design actually is a great example of, of, of using both those things. You have colors on the wall, you have colors in your fabrics, you have textures in your fabrics. Exactly like you said, how do you want people to move around the room? How do you pull it all together while still infusing, you know, maybe some special focal points for yourself? Emphasis is one of the principles. Mm-hmm. Um, there's exactly, that's, that's a great example of, of where you would actually use these in the real world. Nice. And that brings us kind of to our second piece, which is how you integrate art into a variety of other different academic areas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say that brings us in because I had no idea what the principles of design were <laughs> until you and I collaborated on uh, one of the projects in my physics class. Mm-hmm. So in my physics class, I do a Rube Goldberg machine project. Uh, our students take half sheets of plywood, so four feet by four feet sheets of plywood, and they build a series of complex steps to accomplish a really simple task in the manner of the cartoonist Rube Goldberg. So they're trying to build a big, stupid machine that does something simple. Yes. Um, and we had kind of gone through it from an engineering standpoint, like making blueprints and looking at like construction quality and then doing calculations on how fast things are going to go. Um, and then you came to me three or four years ago mm-hmm. and said, I think we can do something really cool with this. Uh, are you interested in working together? And I was super fired up with that idea. Uh, so what did you bring in? So basically, it was such an awesome experience. I was writing my thesis on going from STEM to STEAM. Mm-hmm. And I came in with a very simple presentation about the elements and the principles. And we decided that the kids were not only going to build the Rube Goldberg machines, but they were going to be themed. Mm -hmm. And by giving them a theme, we drove the students to look at these principles of design. And then we had to make sure that they use them. So they were required to use, I don't know, three or four. I don't remember how many. Yeah, they had to incorporate three clearly stated principles of design Mm -hmm. that they focused on. Correct, yeah. So it, it was just, yeah, it was great. And so... You can do that in so many ways. Yeah. So you integrate, like you came in and you gave a series of presentations Mm -hmm. about here's what the principles of design are. Here's how they might be Mm -hmm. implemented in a variety of different real things. I made that video. You did. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I just remembered that. Video to show to the kids about like, this is working here. This is working here. Because you got to teach a class during one of my classes. And it was the, um, what if your cell phone was a brick? Yes. And it's this video of me waking up to a phone ring and it's a brick next to my bed and it's like going to answer your phone and it's like ow that hurt and then (laughs) trying to go for a run and like strapping this brick to my arm like having like those workout bands Uh and then like trying to go out and stick my phone in my back pocket but it's a brick so it does oh my gosh it was so cheesy but it made such I mean I still feel like it made such a good point what if your phone was the weight the feel and the size of a brick. No one would carry them. They would not be glued to your hands the way they are now. No, it's going They're, back to the 80s. Yes. It's your dope car <laughs> Worse than the 80s, yeah. yeah. And it's like, you know, somebody was behind that. Mm-hmm. Somebody was behind the design of your phone. It's it's thin. It 
fits in your hand. It's sleek. It's almost weightless. I mean, if you don't think about those things when you go into the design process, you're not going to come out with a product that the consumer wants to to take and right. to buy. So yeah, so I felt like that was hugely valuable for our ninth grade engineering students. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really liked that we integrated a bunch of different ways of incorporating art into our engineering design process. Yes. So first, you inter- you introduce those elements of design. Mm-hmm. Then um, instead of like I'd have them brainstorm ideas and then try to blueprint it, uh, but it was going straight from like big concept to spatial. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a really tough jump for kids to all of a sudden be like arranging things. Right. And so we added in a step where each kid had to create a little cartoon yes, um, that doesn't have right. to be realistic, mm-hmm. just like cartoon style, what happens in your story. Mm-hmm. So you've selected a theme. Your theme is a trip to the jungle or birthday party or Super Candy. Mario. Medieval. Do you remember Medieval, medieval was a good yeah, one? Medieval <laughs> was spectacular. Um, so you've got a theme. And then you're just cartooning what's happening in your medieval cartoon, yes. in your medieval scene. Uh, we've got a castle, and there's a knight jousting, and then that leads over to here. So like, it doesn't have to be a step. doesn't have to be like, this is a piece of wood, um, or like, this is a marble running. Just like, big picture, what do you want to happen in your story? Um, and then they took those uh, cartoons, shared them with the other members of their group, and then together tried to come up with how do we take our cartoon ideas and turn it into a spatially laid out blueprint? How do we fit this all on 16 square feet of plywood? Um, and do we want to arrange things horizontally or vertically? And like, how do we now work with our theme idea, with our cartoon idea, and then pushing into how do we make it practical? And then we kept coming back to those ideas about like, okay, so visually, you're trying to accomplish this, but how are we going to do it? Um, And then at the end, they had to think through, okay, which principles of design did we really focus on? Mm -hmm. We tried to create a sense of unity by doing this. We tried to create a rhythm because um, we had the ball clicking back and forth across the different sides of the board, and it tapped every time it hit another thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And that created a rhythm like a tick. Um, so thinking through those pieces, I think, led to a really cool, like, so first off, full disclosure, the first year, it improved the visual performance, but reduced the math level. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and I think that was just the way that I emphasized things. Mm-hmm. I had put so much emphasis into the design piece, which mm-hmm. was really good, but that meant that I put less emphasis into some other areas. And then in the last three years... I think we've gotten better at refining it and refining it mm-hmm. so that we've still got that emphasis, but I've managed to like balance it right back out. Right. And so now the quality of student work is way higher than it was beforehand because like they look super cool and they've got all of the engineering and physics descriptions. Um, so you just end up with like a really thoughtful, well put together piece. I mean, in most cases. Yes. Uh, not universal, mm-hmm. but it's a uh, like a well thought thing because they have a grounding of the justification for which they're making decisions. That makes me so happy you still use this. I do. No, it's been <laughs> It was. Awesome. It was four years ago. Uh-huh. No, and it's been spectacular because it just, like, it reinvents the way of going through a design process. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you come up with ideas? Well, let's start with something like a cartoon that isn't really a list of ideas. It's just a different way of getting those ideas out exactly. on paper. And yeah. they can be stick figures. It doesn't have to be well drawn. Yeah. Just show us what you want to have happen. Mm-hmm. 
a person's running here and there's a tiger running after him. Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. Now, how do we represent that? Mm -hmm. The tiger is going to be this car and I'm going to paint orange stripes on it. And yes. the person is going to be this marble and they're going to run exactly. down a ramp yeah. together. Yeah, exactly. Brilliant. Works. Um, so it's all representative, but it's a really cool way of integrating some of that art in. Cool. Um, so other ideas for like integrating art, and I'll also just start with like a couple that have come into my class. Mm -hmm. um, one that I love, and I took it from Allison McIver, who is our music teacher. Yes. Same project. She's awesome. Yeah. Um, when her daughter was in the class, uh, we were practicing presentations, and Allison introduced me to this idea of as a kid is doing a presentation, one of the things that she does for them when she's teaching music is she records their musical performance and speaks her comments into the recording and then gives them the recording. So when we're practicing presentations, one of the things that I've gotten into is I will have each kid do their presentation, I'll take their phone from them, record it on their phone, and as they're going through their presentation, I'll just quietly into the speaker say like, that's perfect. How interesting. Look at the, like, look at the audience, Yeah. stand up straight, like no slouching, Oh, that's way better. Hands, hands are waving just a little yeah. bit. Yeah, That's a really good point. Um, so like just kind of focusing on like explain that in a little bit more detail. And that way they get what something back where they can see their own body language. They can see how they're presenting to the audience. And they get the direct feedback mm -hmm. of like this part was really, really good without me interrupting them. Yeah. And saying like, try that again. What a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I guess judges at music competitions do. do. Mm. Uh, but it's also a great one to steal for any time kids are doing an oral presentation. Absolutely. Um, or something like that. And it's real fast. Yep. And it doesn't require much technology. Right. As it's long as the kid has enough space on their phone, phone for to hold a video <laughs> three large Three-minute presentation. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Truth. And sometimes we have to go through a few kids' phones to find somebody in the group that has <laughs> oh enough my memory gosh, that's so sad. to hold a two-minute video. Uh, but it's a really cool one. Yeah. Um, the other one is we talked a little bit about uh, generating ideas through cartooning. Another one that I kind of pulled from drama, um, and not officially from like a drama teacher, but just through my own experience mm -hmm. uh, taking drama in high school and doing like improv stuff, is this idea of yes and. So when we brainstorm possible solutions to a problem, uh, when we're going through the brainstorming process, I just want to generate as many bad ideas as possible. Because when we're talking about creative thought, uh -huh. sometimes coming up with a really bad idea will generate something in somebody else that that's says, really... okay, that's not brilliant, but what about this part? Right, right. So if we're trying to solve you know, climate change, global warming, well, what if we got rid of all the humans? Uh, okay, well, that's not brilliant, but, but yeah. if we, you know, so you're just kind of thinking through. And so my our goal for that brainstorming is that everyone is yes and. Um, and that's like a improv thing. Okay. You say yes to everything. Oh. If somebody comes in and they're pretending that their hair is on fire, you can't say like, your hair doesn't look like it's on fire to me. Yeah. It has to be like, yes, your hair is on fire. And also, what's that coming through the door? Interesting. Um, so it's always building and yeah. building and building. Ah. And so when we're brainstorming ideas, um, I kind of intentionally set a timer and say, you've only got four minutes for this. And I'd like at least 20 ideas written down on your paper. No such thing as a bad idea. Yes. Just keep building. Right. Just add, 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 add. And then at the end, we can go back through and start crossing off ones that are unrealistic. Mm-hmm. 
Like, yes, getting rid of all human beings would reduce our carbon <laughs> output, but it may face some significant moral and ethical dilemmas. Yes. Um, and and create our, a different problem. <laughs> create a different problem for our species. Yes. Uh, so those are kind of pieces that I've pulled from different art um, disciplines. Mm-hmm to kind of add to the the creative component mm-hmm. as we're going through some ideas and helping kids generate ideas and think creatively. Yeah, that's um, awesome. Do you have experience integrating into any other subject areas? I mean, there's so much. There's math. You can do exactly like what I did in college and do interiors and to understand fractions and dividing and do blueprints, all those things. Math is such a cool subject to integrate art into Mm -hmm. it's also such a big part of art photography rules of three um what are the rules of three basically where you have placement in a photo um and balance the rules of three are just balance having three different sections whether they are perfectly balanced or asymmetrical and create balance so on and so forth so yeah there's also um, in English, we do an English unit in which we take the poetry written from our English students and create artwork for them. <gasps> and we learn, yeah, we learn that every image tells a story. And uh-huh. depending on who the audience is, it tells a different story. So I put up a bunch of different um, famous works of art, one of which is Adam and Eve. Okay. And I think it's so interesting because I say, if you know who this is, do not speak. If you don't know who this is, tell me the story. And I've gotten stories like it's a nudist colony and they've caught a snake <laughs> or it's naked apple picking season. <laughs> and I'm like, interesting. Incredible. I mean, yes. And so, and it's so yeah and we see and sometimes and we look at color and how it creates darkness and the feeling of sadness and how light creates this feeling and so we take that and we tell our stories and then we reverse it and take actual stories and then interpret it via art and these are stories that like our our students have written in their english classes yes yeah like a poetry unit yes so it's poetry from our students at school which is another really cool way to expose their work uh-huh. and see how other kids um, interpret it and create artwork for it. And so that's one way. Um, there's PE. I taught PE for a year. Okay. And we did a dance unit. Nice. Um, in which pyramids, human pyramids were integrated. And so they had to build human pyramids to three minutes of music and choreograph. Um, what else? I mean, gosh, there's so, so many ways. And I think it's just the overall... I mean, history, gosh, history is art in itself. I mean, there's, aside from, I know everyone's like posters, history posters. Eh, but yeah, what if you, boring. what if you created almost a timeline of art pieces and showed that instead? So from, you know, the fir- 1800s, like what was the big thing then? And then every kid makes a piece of art that sh- like represents the time until the present and then maybe some kid makes one that they think is what the future and you show history in art that way uh-huh. um have you seen the thing that virginia has in her on her ceiling no okay so virginia vogel who teaches chemistry uh the beginning of this year she opens her chemistry class with like cosmic chemistry like where do all of these atoms come from mm-hmm. and what's the history of the universe um and so she has her kids create like a timeline of the universe 
um, and illustrate you know, different parts of that timeline. And one of her classes got really fired up on it and they wanted to demonstrate like, here's the big bang. And then they moved outwards like in concentric circles uh, and created different elements. So they've got like supernovas over here and they've got, oh, cool. and then at one point there's a big crunch. So they've taken like a piece of black poster paper and just like squished it up <gasps> into a big ball. And she has it all hanging from her ceiling in the classroom. Oh, I have to go um, see and it. And it's been hanging all year long, but it's a representation of the his- a timeline. And mm-hmm. traditionally in science, the timeline is very linear. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, 13 million or billion years ago, yeah. this happens. Five billion years ago, this happens. Yeah. And you just kind of move forward. Um, and this one is like three-dimensional, which is actually how we have a timeline for the universe anyway, huh. um, because stuff is all moving away from us. Uh-huh. And if you run it in reverse, it all comes back together into the same single point. And that's where we get this idea of a Big Bang. Got it. Um, if everything is currently moving away and we can figure out how fast everything's going yeah. and then run it in reverse then it all comes back and it's in one single point and there's no way we can fit the entirety of the universe into a single point. So at some point, something must have sent it out. Yes. And then we call that the Big Bang. Okay. And obviously nobody was there to record, like, what the heck is that? Right. How did that happen? <laughs> um, it's just, I don't know. At one point, everything was close. Yeah. And it can't all fit. Yeah. So instead of being mass, it must have been energy. Because energy doesn't take up space. Anyway. Gets into all this like stuff from Einstein cool. and cool pieces. Yeah. Uh, but Virginia has the whole thing represented mm-hmm. uh, on her ceiling. That's so awesome. I have to go check it out now. Yeah, it's like a really sweet integration of like creative thought mm-hmm. and art uh, in a chemistry classroom, looking yeah. at the history of the universe. There's so there's so much. I mean, everyone thinks of the Mona Lisa and Da Vinci, and he was oh such a beautiful artist. I mean, but if you really look at his journal, the guy was a scientist. He was mm-hmm. an engineer. He everything he had was notes and questions and answers and trials and errors. And he drew because he wanted to create this, you know, just reference that he could always go back and learn from and 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 keep and teach. And it was just he was amazing. He's one of my idols um yeah but he was just amazing but he really was a scientist and an engineer and an artist all in one at heart he was amazing and that's there's just so many ways and i think really that's the philosophy that we both share Mm -hmm. is that art gains a ton when it borrows stuff from science yes and science gains a ton when it borrows stuff from art Mm -hmm. and none of those things should be separated from each other right like if we really want to teach thinking and problem solving Mm -hmm. then bringing all of it together yeah. Is a positive thing. Right. Like if you want kids to help protect the environment, mm-hmm. um, then understanding the beauty of the world around them and finding beauty in things is a good thing. Yeah. Um, and so there's like all of this benefiting from itself mm-hmm. and it helps kids build skills uh, and see purpose yes. for the work that they're doing. Yeah. Uh, like writing poetry could be pretty lame mm-hmm. if you're just not jammed on poetry. Right. But then taking your own poetry and having it like published and exactly. interpreted by somebody into yeah. a piece of art, like it, that's pretty cool. Gives it meaning, yeah. yeah. And I know that um, in previous years, you've even had like musicians come in mm-hmm. uh, and give a pitch on like, here's the album that I have coming out, and I'd like you to design the artwork uh, for the album cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we shared a student uh, yeah. in Paris last year 
Um, who's yeah, lovely. Awesome. Shout, yeah. Shout out Paris. Yeah. Um, Perry. And he was designing the artwork for, was it a friend of yours or just a musician you knew? <laughs> who, he's a, he's my insurance guy. He's your insurance <laughs> guy. Awesome. Who was putting out an album. Yeah. And he like commissioned your AP art class yeah. to submit proposals for the cover art for his album. Yeah, we've actually, in the past, and it's something I'd love to bring back, had um, a career in the arts day. Mm -hmm. And we invited people who have made careers doing creative work. Mm -hmm. So we had everything from welders to local videographers to robot. I don't know if you ever came to check out the my friend who has their own robot business. They it's no, something but that bots. Yeah. Cool. They make robots and they take them and they compete their robots and oh. they take them to schools and teach kids about robots uh-huh. and um, yeah, what we had this welder guy who's like that's such a like slowly dying art. Mm-hmm. Um, just anything, anything we could think of interior designers, hairdressers. I mean, you don't get like hairdressing is an art. Yeah. Um, so many different things, and it was so great for the kids to walk around and be like, "Whoa, you make money doing this? Like mm-hmm. you can do this?" I wish somebody had told me that. I had no idea that you could be an interior designer and make money. Right. I didn't know that was a thing in high school. No, one, my art teacher was wonderful and I loved my art class but we learned how to do art not how to apply it Mm -hmm. and so while it was a great fun class and I think every kid should do art I think learning a purpose of applying it really allows them to 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 know that there's more out there and there's they can be innovative and they can invent something and they could do something for the first time and they can do things for themselves. So Yeah, and it gives them an opportunity to like make pursuing art a lifelong process to make the world a more beautiful Why not? place yeah. in some way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's spectacular. Okay, so another thing that I know that you kind of have an emphasis on is adding public art on campus. Yes. Um, so we have like a naturally very beautiful campus, mm-hmm. very wide open, lots of nice trees surrounded by beautiful open space and hills. Mm-hmm. The buildings themselves are like, I don't know, whatever. Old. They're old. <laughs> um, they're fine. I'd like more windows, but we're working on it. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, but we, one of the cool things that we do have is we have these concrete pillars that hold up some of our buildings. Mm-hmm. And over, you know, 20 plus years, people have painted some of these pillars Mm -hmm. and they have different kind of art pieces that sometimes are thematic to the classes that take place there Mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes they're just cool things Um, but then you've also started integrating like some other like public art piece Uh, like what is that and why do you do it one of the art projects we do is called Street Art, mm-hmm. and it was inspired by Jill Heyer, who in the San Rafael Street Art that goes on every year, and this is where artists go out with chalk, and they either make replicas of famous art or create their own art on the ground, and it's just a nice way to invite the public and the community to come and see works of art without having to pay for it, and it's in a public place, and so on and so forth. So our street art is really based on the kids' choice of subject. So we talk about things that really impact them and this community, and then we create art that speaks out about it. So whether it's about social norms that just aren't norm and aren't okay, Uh or if it's about what they're about to head into, a lot of kids did things 
in regards to college mm. and loans and how they're supposed to pay for college and how education fails them in the second or even now some kids feel like education fails them now and it's just things that are important to them and it's a great way for them to create a message in a meaningful way that also brings beauty and color and design to our campus and it allows them to be heard in a way that isn't violent isn't negative yeah it's like a productive way it's a productive way to share their message and share their feelings and so we do that for our project exhibition night in which families come and teachers come and kids come and so we spend half a day doing that and it's just a great way to share what they feel right now yeah yeah that's kind of a cool evening thing it's Mm -hmm. uh i guess what most schools would call open house um and we call project exhibition night so we invite the community onto campus and students present their work and obviously art is a really cool thing to present Mm -hmm. Uh, so they present what an art piece from at some point during the year as well yes there's there's a huge art show as well exhibition hall yes so you like post kid stuff but then Mm -hmm. they also have like the street art Right. Um, stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you've also got some more like permanent stuff. Um, we have like a huge mural on the side of the Oh my gosh, yes. The, we do have a lot building. of stuff, yeah. And it's kind of like a, a flexible mural. Um, it is. It had a design of like people moving. Mm-hmm. And then a few years ago, uh, Craig Pitty, a teacher and a coach here on campus, passed away. And you or somebody repainted it. Uh, to be like the Pity Army um, mm-hmm. memorial wall, kind morning of, yeah. wall. Kids wrote memories of him, mm-hmm. uh, and it turned into kind of like a community gathering yes. place to you know express how you were feeling or write a message to Mr. Pity's family. Or mm-hmm. um, so I thought that was a really cool piece. And now I see um, somebody is I think one of your students mm-hmm. is going and starting to paint poppies. Uh, coming, mm-hmm. I think they're, po- they're going to be poppies. Yeah. Slowly transforming it into, we want to keep um, the memorial piece in there, but slowly transform it into more of a larger happy piece. Nice. Yeah. Uh, which is really cool. It's mm-hmm. like, and I kind of like love the imagery too of like something positive growing up yeah. through that. Yeah, I know. She's done a good job. Um, and obviously I have a love of, of poppies yes. generally. <laughs> um, I have a daughter named Poppy. Yes. And uh, so... You know, I, I think it's really cool to see that kind of like evolve over time mm-hmm. and see it kind of be a, an expression of what the school is feeling. Mm-hmm. And again, give kids and the community a place where art is being functional. Yeah. Right. It's mm-hmm. it's more than just a nice picture. Mm-hmm. It's something that expresses the community. Yes. And gives us a place to kind of think through mm-hmm. what's going on right now. Yeah. It's um, really nice. Yeah. I think that's really cool. And so I just like that we're kind of like finding areas to put these little mini murals in mm-hmm. um, outside of the makerspace too. Yes, I know yeah. that there's a student who's working on. She has been almost for a long time now. She keeps she can't perfect it, so she comes in on Tuesday mornings and will grab some paint and go and sit and stare at it and add to it and. Uh huh. Yeah. It's really cool, yeah. but it's like a rainbow face thing. It keeps evolving over it time. Does. It too. does. It like does. Yeah. She, she continues to add to it, but like any good public mural. Yeah. Um, it's it's a work in progress, and it looks really cool. 
And I just like seeing yeah. kind of like our students' hands, our students' views mm-hmm. on campus. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even in the parking lot where it, those aren't our kids at all and they get to paint, our school allows them to paint their parking spots. And there's some really cool parking spots out there. And you drive down the boulevard, instead of seeing a big black lot, you uh-huh. see pops of color and like some really cool pieces of art out there. And uh-huh. it's it just, I don't know, it brings... It brings light to the campus. Yeah. And I think it, it expresses us as a campus. It's like, yeah, we're a school, but we support our students mm-hmm. and we like to let them speak their minds in beautiful ways. Yeah. And be represented. Yeah. Uh, on campus. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Okay. So the last thing that I got to assume is uh, a difficult component. Okay. Art is a really creative and reasonably independent. Uh, like thought process Mm -hmm. like you need the space to come up with cool ideas and to try those cool ideas Mm -hmm. Um, art is also a high school class yes and part of being a high school class is that you have to have some kind of an assignment or something has to get turned in you need some way of like monitoring Mm -hmm. what are you accomplishing Mm -hmm. like have you demonstrated these principles of design Um, and so I would imagine that finding that balance between giving students independence giving them the freedom to create cool things uh, and managing that process, doing some classroom management work, uh, doing some like figuring out how to keep kids on a schedule um, and ensure that the art that they're producing is school appropriate. Right. They're not quote unquote muraling (laughs) uh, on things that shouldn't be mural. Like how do you manage that balance of creative independence and management? I tell them that they have deadlines that's kind of the way again it's a it's a realistic approach in the real world we want to encourage you to be creative we want you to be artistic we want you to really pour your heart and soul into a piece but there has to be an end date otherwise these things can go forever so I've actually tried multiple approaches Um, sometimes it was like I gave them a two-week period because I thought that's how long it would take the project. This year, I gave them four-week deadline for every project. So from the moment I introduced it, it was due four weeks from that point to Mm kind of give leeway to students who needed that time to really put the time in. And that was not the best approach because that four weeks turned into kids doing everything in the last week that it was due. Yeah, right? Who would have thunk? Um... So it's like, it's definitely, there has, I have have to keep fine tuning this, but I, I do at least, I allow everything to be turned in by the last day of dead week. Mm -hmm. I will accept late work all year, all semester long until the Friday of dead week. I also only give a five point penalty to late work. So that, so that it gives a consequence to the deadline but it also, again, allows for kids to not feel so overrushed that they mm-hmm. have to put something together really fast and just turn it in and yep. that pride is missing from it. It's it's definitely, I have not found, in five years, I have not quite found the balance, the perfect balance. And I don't know if I ever will find one because the beauty of my job is I get 160-something new kids every year who work at different paces, and I get to learn them and understand those paces and encourage those paces and help them work within those paces. So I think the hardest part is is finding a balance to encourage them to work diligently, like you said, but still give them a time cap. There has to be 
a time cap. There's yeah. no way around it. And I think that's the tricky thing for creative work. Um, and I think for deadlines especially, I've mm-hmm. found the same thing. Yeah. That you are much better off giving a short deadline. Yeah. And then feeling generous and extending it by a day or two. Right. Um, that's kind of my go-to strategy. Yeah. Is like, all right, I'm going to give you three days. You've got three days to work on this. Because if I give you 10 days, we will find a way to work on it for 10 days or to not work, work on, on it, it. Yeah. for 10 days. Exactly. Not work on it for eight days yeah. and then do it all in the last two. Mm-hmm. Um, and then say we didn't have enough time. Yeah. So, uh, you know, but if you set, okay, you got a three-day deadline. I'm introducing it. It's due on Thursday. Yeah. Uh, then all of a sudden it's like, okay, let's grind. Yeah. And then you get through and you're like, okay, yeah, we you do need additional time. Great. I will extend it for two more days. Yeah. Um, or it gives you the flexibility of being able to say like, okay, let's keep working on it. Yeah. It's been interesting because I've, you know, the kids will come up and be like, but Miss Katz, I was, I was gone for three days. And I'm like, well, you had four weeks to work on it. So I really like that component of uh-huh. giving the, this like hard four week for yeah. every project deadline. Because then, you know, when I had the two weeks, it's like, I was gone for three days. It's like, okay, I have to give you three days because Obviously, that was not enough time. Mm-hmm. But I do think that second semester, I'm going to revert back to my old ways and then revise again next year with another plan of attack. Because my goal is really to keep them motivated. Right. I want to keep them motivated to do these projects in a way. And I have very voice and choice projects. I, I give guidelines and my rubrics are really based on what is incorporated in the piece, mm-hmm. not necessarily how beautiful the piece turned out. Mm-hmm. I'm very aware of the skill sets of my students. And I know that some students just aren't where other students are. So as long as I see that effort yeah. and that time put into it, they're going to get a, a 90 basically mm-hmm. i have a how to get an a sheet and a 90 is somebody who put in the effort put in the time so i'm i'm trying to find that balance where it's just enough time that motivates them and says let's grind mm-hmm. um and, and gets them to put that thought and effort into it but also allows them the flexibility of of you know coming back and be like oh i'm gonna change this which i guess is also a dream of mine yeah <laughs> i mean that's awesome yeah like if you if you have them passionate and that's where i think the short deadlines with exceptions being made yeah. is a really positive piece mm-hmm. because you can have the tight deadlines yeah, and then, oh, let's make an exception. Oh, I want to go back and rework that because mm-hmm. I think I can make it better. Great. Do it. Yeah. Uh, you have another week. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, I think being, I do. I have to be flexible. we're going to move to the next thing, but I think it's actually worth your time to redo this one Yeah. and to make it really, really good. Yeah. Uh, and even to say like, all right, that's fine. You can skip the next one. Mm-hmm. Let's just have you work on this because it's really cool and it's Nick, close I can't to let something them brilliant. Skip. That's not equitable. <laughs> Sometimes it is equitable. It's not equal. <laughs> Correct. Uh, but it might be equitable. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. There's. I can't. I'm so open. I'm so open because it is. That's such a tricky piece um, in in what I teach. The rubrics I got down. The grading yeah. I have down. I'm not yeah. even worried about that. Parent parents are always like, "How do you grade art?" And I'm like, "Well, I watch your kids. I watch them do it." <laughs> you what? Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I'm paying attention to the time they spend in my classroom. And if I say use line and I see line, that's great. Now, yeah. does it have to be perfect line? No. You know, does that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking that you understood the element and you used it. So grading's right. easy, but if yeah. you have concepts that you want them to incorporate, and then you can see evidence of those concepts. Absolutely. Um, yeah, grading art is actually really easy. It's the it is it's the time piece of how do you find that sweet spot of that they're motivated and that they can get things done on time and 
so on and so forth. Yeah, so. and I think having some flexibility with that and being able to like hold them accountable. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and also figure out a way to to find that way of inspiring their exactly. best creative work. Yes. Uh, and that's a tough balance. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, with that, I, I just want to say I am so inspired by the way that you uh, frame art. Um, art was Thank never you. something that was easy for me. Uh, but I feel like it's really nicely framed about like creative thought and making something beautiful uh, and really relevant and integrated into other subject areas. Um, yeah. And on that note... Eleni Katsaros, art teacher at San Marin. Thanks so much for coming on and talking. Thanks for having me. This was fun. This was fun. Yeah. I love talking about art. (laughs) Me too.